All right, everybody, welcome to episode 144 of the Fantasy Timeline, a proud member of the Dynasty Addicts Podcast Network. I'm Josh at Real Fantasy TL. I am with the co-host with the most, Drew at DR underscore PRA. Drew, how are you doing, man? I'm good. I'm good. I'm just realizing that I am the co-host with the most laundry in the background. <laughs> ah, listen, we all live lives. We all got things going on. Trust me. Everybody listening got laundry somewhere in their house. It might be in their bedroom. It might be in their basement. They might just shove it in the closet like they do in the movies, but they got laundry hanging out somewhere. And so- if you're watching, which I suggest if you can, go on YouTube and listen to this because it's it's a much better experience, in my opinion. We have Tyler Lamb. Tyler, how are you doing, man? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? How are you? Really excited good, good. to be on. And, and let me drop the Twitter handle. I, I forgot that, and that's my fault. At Lamb4752. Tyler, uh, as we get started here, tell everybody uh, where they can find you, what you're up to, and what you're doing. So I, I'm the managing editor of the Gillette Gazette website for uh, Stadium Rant. We cover basically everything that fans would want to know about, about the Patriots. Every single angle, we're covering it. Uh, we have seven very qualified writers, including myself, who um, who all uh, dedicate themselves to trying to bring the best that everybody can bring. And I'm a part of Stadium Rant. And they are basically trying to give every fan who's interested in trying to break into this medium, writing, talking, creating content about their favorite team, a chance to do that and step into this content creation business. So, yeah, and and we're in a chat together. I'm always reposting your stuff because literally, I think at at this point, you have you and Stadium Rant have put out something for every NFL fan base. Hey, you want to write? You want to do it? <clears throat> and this is this is a good way to get in. You love writing about your team. You know, hit these guys up. See see what it's all about. And I love that because I'm not a writer. Uh, I I did for a little bit. It's just not where my talent lies. Um, but it's it's such a great way to get into the industry whether you're talking about nfl or fantasy or whatever it is you write about it people see it and that's how a lot of the quote-unquote big names that you follow kind of started out they started out by writing about it so um i love it since i got you here and since you are uh you're writing for the patriots what's a what's a storyline that maybe uh people aren't talking about, but they should be? Uh, for the Patriots, unfortunately, it's the offensive line right now. Uh, not looking not looking stellar at camp. Um, multiple holes just, just really stopping the flow of offensive progression. I, I do think they're going to figure it out, and once they do, key players that like I would kind of target who are basically free at this point in fantasy drafts, Devontae Parker, who... In 2019, when he was healthy, he, he was putting up good fantasy points. Uh, over over a thousand yards, he had ten touchdowns, at least eighty receptions. That's a bona fide wide receiver too. 
um, low or low end, maybe high end wide receiver three. Um, I really, really like Ramondre Stevenson this year for, for the Patriots. Uh, he could kind of step into that James White role while also being able to do the first and second down role, the, the early down back stuff. It's good in the red zone as well. Don't expect as much from Damian Harris this year. Uh, he's not going to score 15 touchdowns. He's probably going to score like seven to nine, which will be serviceable. Just don't don't draft him at the assumption that he's going to go and score double-digit touchdowns again. I love it. I love it. And uh, offensive line is a good thing to look at because, obviously, uh, the majority of us, we're playing, we're playing fantasy, we're playing dynasty, redraft, whatever, and we're just looking at quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, tight ends. But offensive line is so important. If your favorite running back is – running behind an offensive line that can't stop anybody. It's usually not good news for that guy. So um, it's good that we're looking at all aspects of the team. And since we, since we have a a writer, someone who writes about the news, let's get into our news for this week. Um, All right, guys, good news. Tom Brady's back. He, he, Lost at the Mass Singer or whatever he was doing. I know he wasn't on the Mass Singer, people, but it was it was a fun ride while it lasted. But he's back. Um, another team with possible offensive line troubles. That's more from the injury end of this, but um, something we just want to keep an eye on because Tom Brady is uh, about seventy nine years old. Um, he he doesn't run like he used to, and even when he used to run, it wasn't all that good anyway. So. Uh, we'll have to see if they can figure out a, uh, a an offensive blocking scheme that can keep uh, defensive players away from Tom Brady and allow him the time uh, to dissect and hit the, I mean, just plethora of wide receivers that they have. Um, were you guys ever worried at any point about Tom Brady? There were people who were like, he's going to retire and all that. I never bought that hype, but I don't know if you – you guys were ever worried at any point? Nah. Yeah, a lot of he's going to handle business. He set a goal of playing to forty-five. He's there. He does not strike me as the type of person that's going to back out when he's at you know at his goal. Exactly. I, I, I never understood the whole retirement thing because he could have just stayed retired if he wanted to be retired. So, um, just seems like a guy who maybe. You know, kind of taking the Rob Gronkowski path of just eh, he didn't really want to do training camp, and I don't, I don't blame him. When you're 43, 44 years old, you've been doing it as long and as well he's been doing it. He don't need training camp. Put him out on the field, let him go, let him, uh, let him throw for five thousand and fifty again, and uh, we should be able to move on. I've uh, intensely followed Tom Brady uh, for a long time, being a Pats fan. He's going to the Super Bowl this year. Uh, that it's a 50% rate. He's been in the league for 22 <laughs> years. He's been to 10 Super Bowls. He's won seven. That's the, 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 the percentages on that are just absolutely ridiculous. He was like a miraculous Cooper Cup play away from going to the Super Bowl again last year. Yep. Um, he has a better, t- maybe not a better offensive line. He has better weapons with the additions of Russell Gage and Julio Jones if. Julio can stay healthy. They get Chris Godwin back. Who are you going to cover on that team? Really? 
you, like it's really not going to matter about the offensive line at that point because Brady takes two seconds to throw the football. So, yeah, Brady's back. He's never leaving. He's going to please Godfather. Like he's he's literally he's in there. I I, I wish he was still playing for us, but we're in a new new year, new time. And I wish him well. <laughs> Can't hate him for it. And since we don't have any questions about him. Uh, I, I'll we'll just mention it now since you you talked about wishing he was still playing for you. Mac Jones, not a bad consolation prize, not a bad consolation prize at all. Was the best rookie quarterback last year, and that this was in a class we were talking about Trevor Lawrence and, and Justin Fields and Trey Lance. You know, everybody was supposed to be better than Mac, and Mac was better last year. We'll see what this year holds. A lot of changes for a lot of those guys, but. Uh, Year one, that that went to Mac Jones for sure. So let's move on. We're going to stick around with the quarterback news. Uh, Baker Mayfield named the starting quarterback by Matt Rule. Literally the least newsy piece of information that has ever been newsed. Um, Come on. But are you telling me you traded? I know it was, what, a fifth-round pick, I think it was, or something for for – Baker Mayfield, but Matt Rule is fighting for his NFL career right now. Was he leaving that in the hands of Sam Darnold or Matt Corral or PJ Walker? Hell no, he wasn't doing that. It's the whole reason why they traded for Baker Mayfield. Uh, don't know how Baker is going to do this year. It seems like you're either team Baker or team they're going to be drafting high next year. But no matter what you think, Baker was always going to be the starting quarterback. Um, again, I'm assuming you guys not really shocked by that news. Uh, no. no. <laughs> I, dude, I, I will say that, like, you know those Twitter posts that say, who's the fantasy football player that you had to take on before they got drafted and you thought they were going to be good? I post Sam Sam Donald every time on that, on that gif. I was one of those guys when he was coming out of USC. I thought I thought he was a dude. I thought he was a guy. And um, he fooled me. Um, Baker Mayfield uh, has won 30 games. He's played in 60 total. So it's a 50% rate. Uh, the Carolina Panthers win total right now is five and a half. So if you're going at his career win percentage – they should win about eight games. So that five and a half should be a smash play for anybody kind of looking to slide in on that. Um, I like it for DJ Moore. Um, and I like Chris McCaffrey too. Uh, Baker should be able to dump the ball off. And if CMC can stay healthy, man, very, very solid chance that he should be the one one redrafts this year. But there you go. And yeah, like, To make you feel better, Tyler, um, in that draft class, I touted Josh Josh Rosen as being the best quarterback out of that group. So I do feel a little better. Right. You didn't do as poorly (laughs) as I did in that situation. Um, It's why they always say quarterback is the hardest position to evaluate because, let's face it, uh, Drew's Buffalo Bills got a lot of heat for drafting Josh Allen, inaccurate, big arm quarterback. We, we've seen that song and dance before. It never works out well. And now we're talking about 
uh, Josh Allen as the uh, super flex 101. So it's why it's why that's the hardest position to to evaluate. Um, I mean, think about it. All four of those guys went top 10 and really, you know, the only guy you are for sure is a long-term starter in this league is Josh Allen. And uh, Mm -hmm. I think Baker Mayfield is better than what his last year statistics show. He was dealing with a a shoulder that was torn to shreds. And then obviously uh, the Browns kicked him to the curb. They almost punished him for playing through the pain. Uh, I do hope he bounces back with Carolina and kind of, uh, kind of shows him up a little bit. I like Baker. Yeah. I mean, he, he, he took that Browns franchise from winning zero games to like competing for a playoff spot, beating the Steelers in a playoff game as that's a rivalry game. Like, I mean, you know it now, Drew, I I didn't know you were a, a, a Bills fan, uh, that must have felt pretty good last year, giving us the smackdown. Yeah, uh, the, the snow game was a little tough to watch, but uh, <laughs> it was, you know, like, you, you never, uh, never count out Belichick. Even now, I don't, I don't know if I should take you at uh, face value with the O line here, or if that's just feeding you more of Belichick's <laughs> smokescreen to to get us lull us to sleep a little bit for that matchup. But uh, yeah, I, it's yeah, been a long time coming. I, I I also I also just gotta say that like I I have a, like a best friend that's a Bills fan and it's kind of made me respect the Bills a lot more since I was a kid and it's really difficult for me not to like Josh Allen and it sucks for me to say that. <laughs> hey, I feel you. I think uh, I think I was finally able to verbalize it once Brady moved on to Tampa, but he's the type of guy he's hard to dislike. Uh, totally, you know, a ton of respect for him. Ton of respect for Belichick, who's just done it for so many years. And every year, it's the memes or the the graphics that come out with how long Belichick's been doing it, how long he's been in the NFL versus how long some of these uh, coaches have been alive, kind of thing. And uh, you know, if there's anybody that's going to come and, and figure out how to get his O line to work together, it's a guy that you know played center in college and is uh, you know smartest guy in any room that he's in. So it'll be uh, it, it'll be fun to see. I hope uh, I hope that. The Pats are competitive, so that it feels uh, feels good to beat them. But uh, I'm okay for an easy win here and there too. We've we've waited around for a while. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and I think personally, from just from an NFL perspective, one to fifty three, I think that's the best team in the league. Um, so we'll see we'll see if they can hoist the trophy this year but i think they definitely have the talent to oh, it do would it. be it would be a dream come true if they beat brady and send him into retirement over Don't under on tables broken if the bills win the super bowl oh, oh, 100,000 100,000 love that over <laughs> take me over <laughs> uh, i still have one stash in my amazon wish list uh, <laughs> we 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 were actually going to if if the Bills won the Super Bowl, we were actually going to tape extra content of Drew just just climbing the tallest Home Depot ladder he could find and just <laughs> flinging himself through a table. And he says, "If my team wins, I got no issue doing that. I, I it will be an honor. I will do it uh, any year before I turn fifty. <laughs> Love um, it, man. Love that." Yeah. Um, it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun season this season, but let, let's move on. 
Um, Isaiah Spiller was kind of, you know, I think later on in the, in the rookie draft process started becoming a name that people liked picking up at the beginning of the second round, 202, 203, 204. Um, he's not going to play in the last preseason game and he may miss week one. And th- this has been uh, kind of a tough one because, Austin Eckler came out in that uh, fantasy footballers uh, interview. Didn't really say much about Isaiah Spiller, but then uh, mentioned, uh, why am I forgetting his name? The other running back. Joshua uh, Kelly. Kelly. Yes, Josh Kelly. Um, <laughs> and said that he he's really improved his game. He's really stepped up. He's looking good in training camp and all this stuff. And, you know, not not exactly what you want to hear from your teammate if you're a rookie coming in and, you know, now he's hurt. Um, you know, what what did you guys think about Spiller? Did you guys have any high hopes for him? Did you think he was the guy that was going to take away some work from Eckler? Yeah, I, I think even Eckler said right, he's he's open to splitting the backfield, right? He's open to sharing. He wants to see the team win. So um, I think there is definitely an opportunity for somebody else to pick up some meaningful touches there. Uh, so I, I got him, I think, at the top of the third in my rookie draft in my home league this year and was pretty pretty pleased with it. Um, I didn't really get him anywhere else, but, yeah, I, I definitely had some expectations that he'd get some meaningful work as a rookie this year, um, hopefully in tandem with Eckler, not because Eckler gets dinged up or anything like that. But, yeah, I, I, I definitely had him as a guy that I was hoping to maybe be a flex play come playoff time or something like that, um, you know, as other running backs get injured. I, I really, really enjoyed uh, Spiller's tape coming out of college. I thought he was on par with explosiveness and pass catching, like with Brees Hall. Uh, he wasn't as good of an in between the back or uh, in between the tackles runner, but he, he showed explosiveness in, in the passing game and also just run, uh, running the football outside the tackles. He was, I, I thought he was just as good as Brees Hall in that. Landing in the Chargers in one of the most fantasy-friendly offenses in the league, you got to love that. They've been searching for a person to kind of take the workload off of Eckler, and seeing him get get an injury sucks. But at the same time, that's kind of like what you – it's okay because he's going to kind of dip again in in your home leagues and your casual leagues. He's going to dip even further down and you could end up using your like 14th round pick on Isaiah Spiller stash him. And then week four or five, he's getting 13 touches on the, on a Justin Herbert led offense who just loves to throw the ball and score touchdowns. And I, I say this to people all the time uh, in redraft. Check your settings. See if you have an IR spot. Because if, if this ends up being a situation where maybe Isaiah Spiller's put on the IR for four weeks or whatever it is, all right, cool. Draft them, and then though you slip them right into that IR spot, and then you you take a waiver claim and and you go like that. So always kind of watch, you know, watch the rules, see what they are, and uh, and do that. So uh, we're gonna keep we're gonna keep with the running backs here. Uh, Kenyon Drake uh, released by the Las Vegas Raiders. And I think a bunch of us were kind of confused originally when the signing happened, because we were trying to figure out why we was so much money to Kenyon Drake. They already had Josh Jacobs. Uh, it didn't make sense. Uh, that was a John Gruden move. Uh, 
Jockey. Yeah, uh, McDaniels <laughs> is in now, and he's like, yeah, I got, you know, I drafted Zamir White in the fourth. I got Amir Abdullah. I got my dude Brandon Bolden in there to kind of, you know, teach these guys the offense and, and show them what they should be looking for and to work on special teams. So uh, there wasn't really a spot for Kenyon Drake. Um, but I have a feeling that Kenyon Drake is not going to be out of work for long. Um, you know, camp injuries are going to happen. Week one injuries are going to happen. And I think Kenyon Drake is going to uh, get a lot of phone calls in the next uh, two to three weeks. Uh, Tyler, what are, what are your thoughts about Kenyon Drake? Um, was it a good move by the Raiders? Uh, where do you think you might end up? Whatever, whatever's kind of on your mind right now. Uh, I think uh, Stoinks are up for uh, Zamir White there. Um, I like what I saw out of the preseason from him. I thought he was a very viable um, first and second down back. Um, haven't seen as much in the passing game as you'd like to see for, you know, just just fantasy purposes. But I, I think that means they trust him a little bit to come in and, and give Josh Jacobs a spell. As far as Kenyon Drake goes – Redraft, I'd probably just leave him on the waiver wire until he, he gets picked up and kind of hope you're in priority that week. And Dynasty, as far as that, stat, keep stashing him. You've, you've had him this long, you know. Just kind of keep it keep it going and hope he gets picked up by a team like maybe the Ravens if their running back situation doesn't work out. Um, this Like maybe the Saints need a backup running back, possibly to spell Kamara. Um trying to think of like other running back like needy teams um there's like one more i'm, I'm like maybe the bills maybe the bills that would kind of hurt um james, james cook yeah james cook that would hurt everybody in the bills running back room but like yeah. as, as far as a football standpoint he he is he's qualified as a pass catching running back um it could be something they could use yeah, what about Seattle or something like that where they've got yeah. a rookie and uh, just Rashad Penny. Penny and yeah. Uh, I got one more, uh, Baltimore. Uh, we're not sure about J.K. Dobbins. Like we know he's there, he's practicing, but what what's his snap count going to look like week one? Um, we know Gus Edwards is going to be on the uh, on the pup. Do you really want to, you know? sink all your money in on Mike Davis uh, week one to have the majority of snaps at the running back position, especially if J.K. Dobbins is on a snap count. Uh, I don't know if a team like the Ravens want want to put all their eggs in that basket, so he might be a good one. Brees Hall week one versus the Ravens or Mike Davis with J.K. Dobbins on the snap count? Brees Hall, all day, all day. You don't even need to finish it, Brees Hall. I, listen, I know he was like four, four yard or whatever. It's, it's I, volume. It's volume, and it, it's also a tough defense versus a good defense. Najee last year, what was his week one uh, stat total? Like 14 for 40? Played like a great that. defense. Uh, t- tough week one. I'm not saying season long. I'm just saying week oh, one. Yeah. Started, I, starting I, – I just can't bet on Mike Davis. I, I get what you're saying, but it, it's it's something to think about. You know what I mean? It's one of those things where you're like, I lost my week one matchup. 
because of Mike Davis <laughs> instead of Brees Hall, mm. oh, that would get yeah. you right in your fantasy season, man. <laughs> yeah, that's the kick of the pants to start if that's really how it shakes yeah. out. And, and listen, oh, my God, my whole face would melt. <laughs> this, this, is, this is the rubber band effect for me because I hyped up Mike Davis last year as, listen, <laughs> he's in Atlanta. There's nobody else there. Like, I'm not saying this because he's good. I'm just saying this because he's going to be the guy. And he was the guy for, like, two weeks. And then it was like, uh, Cordero right. Patterson, you've, you've never really done this in the NFL before, but we would rather have you try this out than Mike Davis. Uh, so, so many touchdowns after that. Yeah. So it, it's just one of those things where uh, I think it's more about uh, – it's more about me – <laughs> yeah, I get you. I get you. Trying to trying to snap back, but um, I wouldn't do it even though that I said it. I'm just saying, like that's. <laughs> you know, I wouldn't want to. Like, I'd I'd probably die on the sword of Breesall anyway. But um, maybe this Ravens running back, whoever the Ravens running back is, if it is Dobbins on a full snap count, I would probably take Dobbins over overhaul. Yes, I would start Dobbins hundred percent. If yeah. we're if we're going. I think if we're going total Ravens running back versus total Jets running back, I think I go to- total Ravens running back. Mm-hmm. But uh, I just I can't deal with Mike Davis. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, I take I take Dobbins eight to ten touches, knowing that they're probably going to be high value versus Brees Hall probably getting maybe twelve to fifteen and then bailing on him by third quarter when they're trailing. Understandable, understandable. I like it. I like it. All right, and then last but not least, uh, Lions are moving wide receiver Jamison Williams to the reserve slash NFI list. Uh, Hopes is that he will be ready to play by midseason. I don't think anyone was shocked by this. I think this was always the – some people, you know, months ago were saying, he could be ready for week one. I know there's probably a small contingent of people that really believe that, but I, I personally never thought it was, I, you know, I would have been shocked if we saw him before week six. And uh, now this is pretty much confirmation that we will not be seeing him before week six, but man, I am excited for when the lions decide he is ready to roll. Cause I think he is, so damn dynamic and that is going to that is going to open up a whole new level of play for the Lions that honestly they just they couldn't perform last year with the guys they had uh on their roster uh Drew what do you think um about Jamison Williams I'm assuming you're not shocked by this news either no, I, I hope they do right by him and give him the time he needs to be 100% before he gets out there. Nothing worse than seeing guys that they've worked up their entire life to get to this point only to continue to get it delayed uh, unnecessarily. And then give me, uh, yeah, give me all the, the charket value. Give me Amon Ross St. Brown for the first half of the season. Uh, give me some TJ Hawkinson. And uh, yeah, let's let's roll and see uh, what Jared Goff can do if he's just the the holdover or if he has a chance to really play himself into uh, another opportunity here. But, um, you know, I, I guess my question looking at this, you know, where where are you in redraft? Like, uh, I know we're gonna have a Scott Fish question later, but even for your home league or something like that, uh, would you rather have, uh, you know, pick up a guy like Jameson Williams, who 
we all believe is super talented, who could be in a, a an interesting and turning turning offense this year. Or uh, you take an aging DeAndre Hopkins with a suspension, who's also missing at least a similar amount of time. Redraft, uh, it's tough. It's tough, man. I'm probably going to take Hopkins over Williams only because of the you know it factor. Mm-hmm. I and and I thought Williams was the best wide receiver coming out of this draft class easily. Um, he's, he's like Jamar chase, but he's not as physical. He, he might be a little bit, uh, faster. So, all right. So my, he, he might be like a little bit shorter of a Justin Jefferson type than in, instead of Jamar chase. I, mm. I, I think that dude mm. is that good. Um, mm. I love him paired with, um, on St. Brown and dynasty. I, I think both of them are going to feast. I think St. Brown's like a golden Tate type of player and, um, they can both, thrive in an offense even with Hawkinson getting some workload DeAndre Swift getting the passing uh the league's changed more passes are, are, are coming for every single team an offense like that uh who can really spread the ball out to kind of every single one of their skill position players is going to be dangerous down the line this year I think the Lions could actually win nine games I think they could be a, a a viable contender for one of those wild card spots, and maybe even if the Packers wide receivers don't do what they're supposed to, maybe they they might be able to contend with Aaron Rodgers in his house. I don't know, but yeah, I, I I like what the Lions are doing. I mean, like, they're they've they figured out that they got to tear it down to the studs, and then just rebuild and they're doing it the right way they're you know they've built up an offensive line they're getting steals on players like Jamison Williams who are coming out with an injury knowing that you know they're they're not in Super Bowl contention this year so it's fine if he doesn't come back to week eight week nine week ten because you know this this is not their year. They're looking probably more at like a 2024 type thing. And by that point, Jamison Williams should be uh, in lockstep with whoever the new quarterback is. I don't think it'll be Jared Goff. I don't think that's a, that's a hot take. But um, And, you know, they already have Teandre Swift. They already have TJ Hawkinson. You know, they, you know. I think they got a nice sneaky little free agent ad in DJ Chark who uh, I think can do things, especially when he's not being relied on as the wide receiver one, but more the wide receiver three. Uh, So I think they're building things up the right way and it will be fun uh, to see what that offense looks like when Jameson Williams comes back. But that was the news. And we are going to move on to the timeline. It's what we do best. And we're going to keep the injury theme going here. And this is from JR underscore FF at run DFF. Our man, Justin Rogers, that network brother, uh, good friend. One of my favorite people uh, in the whole space to talk to because we see things so differently. A lot of times I love getting the opposing point of view. I love, uh, hearing the opposite yeah it's fun to have people agree with you but i want to hear people disagree with me and come with facts and justin always does that so his question here these injury blurbs are scary 
Is it time to panic about hurt players or do we still have time? So I have a very specific uh, kind of philosophy about preseason injury blurbs. But Tyler, since you're our guest, why don't you start us off on this question? What do you think about these injury blurbs? Are you worried or are you just kicking back and relaxing? really depends on the player and the injury. Um, I'm sure that's kind of a similar take as most people would um, stand on, but it's really something that you keep fantasy football. You can't overreact. Overreacting is the worst thing you can really do. It puts you on tilt and then it frustrates all your other decisions you make after that. And typically when you make those decisions on tilt, you look back a couple months later and you're like, well, I really shouldn't have done that. Um, And I've, I'm looking at a couple of dynasty leagues this year, you know, getting back into the swing of things and just being like, man, what was I thinking? <laughs> they just waited, so chilled out. The value would have changed. Um, so for redraft leagues, it, you, you can't be afraid to take somebody if they're your dude and you know the injury isn't like a significant one. Um, like uh, the Elijah Mitchell, Rashard Penny type of guys, like those those guys, you're 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 kind of safe at their their value where you're taking them. So take the swings on those types of guys because that that they have league winning upside. If Rashad Penny stays healthy, he he was dominant towards the last seven to eight weeks last year. If he stays healthy and gets that sort of workload, that that's you you're probably winning your league if you draft him in the eighth or ninth round. Elijah Mitchell was very valuable for people coming in and like undrafted for most redraft leagues. And if you're in a dynasty startup, you probably got him in like the 20th round and he came in, he was a starting running back for a 49ers team that loved to run the football. Um, These things happen. So you gotta, you kind of gotta look at injuries and then look at the depth chart. And if you'd like a dude at the bottom of it, you know, this kind of, I don't know if you want to switch up like the question schedule, but this kind of like, ties in a little bit um edward yeah why don't we why don't we do this one and then we'll uh we'll switch off to uh to that one uh drew what uh what do you think are you you know i i know you i i co-own a couple teams with you but but what's kind of your philosophy about the the preseason injury blurbs I saw somebody tweet a couple of days ago, uh, just a differentiation between you see a cart in preseason. It's different than when you see the cart come out in season cart during a game is bad cart in preseason means they don't want them walking with all their equipment, half a mile to the trainer's uh, room. Right. So there's that part. We've, we've seen that over the last couple of summers too. a couple of people that have gotten carted off and, and everybody freaks out for a minute. And then, uh, even at, at the expo last week, I think we talked about it last episode, right? With uh, Zach Wilson, it was crazy to see some of the panic with Zach Wilson. People assuming non-contact ACL out for the season, uh, sell him for pennies on the dollar, you know. Um, so the short answer is no. I think we have time. It's a 17-game season, uh, so based on what you know, Tyler said, if if there's somebody that you really feel strongly about, like please don't go and trade Jameson Williams away cheaply just because you don't think you're gonna get production from him for six to eight weeks if you if you spent a first round rookie pick this year on him be patient 
look at the IR, look at your taxi squad. Surely there's somebody else at the bottom of your roster. We've been talking about roster churn for the last three or four episodes. There's somebody that you can drop to make sure you have a guy that you feel is really talented on your team. Um, and yeah, you know what? If uh, it, it's interesting to hear people's uh, perspectives on dynasty and, and even for season long, like how to make the playoffs and what can happen. All you gotta do is get there. Right. So if you've got somebody that you really like and you think, Hey, this person can really make an impact when it comes to week 12, 13, 14, making that final push or week 16, 17, when I'm hopefully contending for everything, find a way to make it work. So I, I am not that concerned at this point um, until I start seeing people on IR, which is fine. Again, we've extended the minimum weeks for IR, which we talked about a few weeks ago. Um, great. Hopefully that means that we're just waiting until they're closer to 100% to get back and can still make an impact like you thought they would originally. So uh, there's nobody unless uh, we really get confirmation that it is season ending. Like last year when Dobbins blew out his knee, great. You know what? Put the guy in IR, stash him for next year. But until we start seeing teams go out and make those kind of uh, announcements, they want their guys ready to play. They're being careful. It's fine. It's better for the game if they're careful. Yeah, and it's actually interesting that you brought up the cart, uh, the cart situation, Drew, because uh, what we saw this past week, uh, Khalil Herbert, uh, backup running back for the Chicago Bears, in practice leaves on a cart. Everyone freaks out. Oh, my God, he's done. He did this. He did that. He's in practice the next day. <laughs> and <laughs> I, I always say, I don't read what beat writers write when it comes to injury situations. I read the team's actions. Now, let's say uh, Khalil Herbert does get carted off, and then the next day we hear Chicago's head coach, uh, Dan Eberflus, go, uh, listen, we're going day-to-day or week-to-week with Khalil Herbert. Uh, there's an issue with, you know, the knee, the the quad, the hamstring, whatever the case may be. Okay, now now we have to take a little bit of a deeper look into it, see what's going on. But obviously, the team showed you that, you know, kind of what Drew was saying. They just didn't want the guy to walk a mile to the to the trainer's room. You know, they just they just gave him the easy pass to the trainer's room, and obviously. Uh, the training staff and the coaching staff decided whatever happened wasn't serious enough to even keep him out of practice for a day or two. He was back the next day. So I like to read what teams are doing, not what beat reporters are writing. Cause listen, they got to get a certain amount of articles in, they got to get a certain amount of words in. And sometimes listen, it's the Chicago bears. <laughs> they there's not a lot to write about right now. If it's not Justin Fields or Darnell Mooney or Cole Komet eh, or somebody getting arrested, unfortunately, on that team, there's not a lot to write about. So, you know, oh, hey, Khalil Herbert was on the cart, you know, stay tuned, you know, and you know, obviously Chicago Bears fans are, are going to be tuned into that situation. They want to know, is their guy good or is their guy going to be out for a few weeks? So um, remember, you know, those beat writers, they they have some intentions too, and it's not always just to keep you uh, up to date on the goings on with the team. Uh, so let let's pop to uh, this next one from 
recovering Ridley Truther uh, at Philly Wiz without. If you're from Philly, you know what that means. If you're not, that may sound like a very confusing handle. Uh, what's the most you'd pay for offseason darling Isaiah Pacheco? I'm trying to move him, but can't get offered close to some of the deals I've seen him go for. And, and this, I love these questions because I get to go on my little rant. Listen, it doesn't matter what Twitter says. It doesn't matter what your trade calculator says. It matters what your league says. And if you're pay, playing with 11 other or 13 other or 15 other people that are saying, I don't buy Isaiah Pacheco, guess what? You ain't going to be able to sell Isaiah Pacheco. It's just what it is. And trust me, I am I am one of those people. I'm not buying the hype. Just like I'm not buying the hype on Romeo Dubs. I could be wrong, by the way. I'm not saying I'm right, but right now, I've seen this happen way too many times. <laughs> I've seen people go down this road way too many times. And more often than not, they get burned for it. Hey, sometimes you get those victories. You, you find that guy and, you know, you get to gloat that, you know, you were on Tyreek Hill before Tyreek Hill, you know. But a lot of times you're, you know, you're talking about a laundry list of guys that would take me way too long to go through about guys that we thought looked good in preseason and just not, just not really made it. So, um, but you're, you're, your league mates determine that. Trust me, I've seen some of these deals. You know, Isaiah Pacheco and a throw-in for 23 first. Isaiah Pacheco straight up for 23 second. Just I've seen these one. deals go, go down. And trust me, I wish I had a share or two just to sell them. But, but um, you know, there are some leagues with just super smart people or super cynical people like me that are just going to say, I need to see it to believe it. and Hopefully, uh, Ridley Truther, hopefully he blows up and then you can sell him for profit. Even if it's week one, he comes in and he's, you know, 50-50 with CEH. And he goes, you know, 10 rushes for, for 50 yards and two touchdowns and maybe catches a couple balls and throws in another touchdown, has a monster week. And you go, see, this guy's for real. Go come by him now and maybe you can get a little bit of extra. But it's that's my rant it's always about what your league says a guy's worth not what twitter or anyone else says a league is worth uh drew what do you think about this one are you uh are you on the uh the pacheco train or are you kind of like me in that wait and see mode i'm not i'm definitely more of the wait and see i would rather pay up a little bit to get a running back when i need them versus uh throw seconds at a guy that might pan out um, I, I typically want to hold on to those seconds until closer to playoffs. And I can, you know, at that point I'll overpay for a guy that I think will give me depth that I need for a run or something like that. Or I can package that second and maybe the next year second to get up to a guy that I really want. So uh, I, I, I'm not there. Uh, I think I actually asked you in a private chat about this. I got an offer uh, of Pacheco and this person's third for my second, which mm. isn't, too far off uh but in that league i don't really need a sixth running back 
and uh, I, I'm more needy at other positions like wide receiver. So again, I, I'd love to get to week 10, 11, feel like I can contend. And you know what? Give me Brandon cooks for that second. Now it's a 23 second. Come on guys. What are we doing here? You know? So um, I, I am not there and I, I don't know that uh, I'm still gun shy with chiefs running backs in general after watching the CEH, uh, you know, debacle over the last couple of years. So uh, I'm much more into the pass catchers in Kansas city. Now, again, great. You know, is he as talented as Kareem hunt? Could he take over similarly? Maybe, but uh, I, I'm not, I'm not taking, or I'm not spending more than a, more than a, a couple of thirds or maybe a 24 second. If I have that available and I really want to kind of take a long-term approach because then I can get that 24 second back in the meantime. But um yeah, you know, really truth or if you're if you're looking to get value and, and you want to get close, that's fine. I think Josh's approach is the right one. You may have missed the window to get kind of peak value in preseason. So be patient and, you know, take a look at what you can package him with to get what you really want. So maybe it'll add maybe it'll take you adding a second in 24 to get to something else that you really want this year if you're trying to contend or contend. So anyhow, that Tyler, say something good here. Yeah, I'm actually kind of on the opposite side of you guys. I, I, I wouldn't give up a 2023 20, second, but I, I would give up a couple of 2023 20, thirds for him. And depending on how the team looks, like maybe the second, like if I think that if, well, actually, if I win, then the second wouldn't. No, 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 no. sorry, linear. So the second would be good um, to trade away. That would be a later second round pick. Mm-hmm. So I, I wouldn't be as concerned about that because I, I I'm not a fan of CEH. I haven't really been a fan of CEH since he was drafted. I thought he was the fourth best running back in that that class. Um, and I'm kind of being proven right uh, as we speak. And I, I just I think that it's, it's anybody's job to win there right now. And I, I think Pacheco, who is a, a bigger back, I'm pretty sure he's six foot, um, 200 and... 20 ish pounds and you run a, a sub four three forty. that that type of speed is what kansas city uses well and they do use the pass catching but running back like daryl williams last year when he was in and got the workload without ceh he was a top five running back um he he was dominant and you picked him up right off the waiver wire. This is a guy you can get in redraft leagues almost for free and you're getting in dynasty drafts in the third round, uh, maybe in the bottom half of the second. So yeah, I'd probably spend a back half second for him. Anything higher than that, you're kind of playing with fire just because of the wait and see approach. You don't really know quite yet. You can definitely have a feel for it, but you don't want to be mortgaging your fut- your, your short-term future for a guy like that. He's definitely somebody to take a flyer on, and I recommend it because I love the talent and the situation and the opportunity that he has. But it just—it's not something that is a sure enough bet to th- throw away a first-round pick, which could be used in other things. Yeah. So I, I just, as you were talking, I, I looked up uh, Isaiah Pacheco and his his stats from the the combine: five ten two sixteen, and he ran a four three seven forty so obviously anytime you dip below the four four it's great speed score that make that makes your eyes open and then you you pair that with a guy who is north of 215 pounds and it's like okay 
We got yeah, we got did. some mass moving quickly. So actually I, I missed this earlier. So we're gonna actually uh recovery recovering Ridley Truther. We're gonna we're gonna go back to back here because he dropped one in the chat. This is a 12 team super flex PPR start 10. He is a contender. Are you would you want Deontay Johnson and 223 seconds? Or Jameson Williams and Drake London. So, Tyler, why don't you catch us here first? Which one do you like here in this dynasty league? I love Drake London. So this is tough because Deontay Johnson's really good for contenders right now. And you're getting two seconds, which helps you down the line and also gives you massive uh, trade asset flexibility which is super important when you're in dynasty leagues. When you have that flexibility, you can almost make any move you want when, when players sort of appear that you, you really get interested in. Uh, but at the same time, Jameis Williams and Drake London could be top 12 wide receivers and as close as next year. Um, Drake London should push for top 16 this year um, based on that offense alone has it's him and Kyle Pitts. He's going to get peppered in targets and he's a monster. Like some of the routes that he was running in camp were just straight unfair bullying their cornerbacks. So I I love what I've seen from him. It's very tough. I'd probably go. Probably go Drake London and Jamison Williams. I got Drake London and Jameson Williams there. All right, Drew. Uh, who do you got here for recovering Ridley Truther? Do you have Deontay Johnson in the 23 seconds? There's two of them. Or Jameson Williams and Drake London? Man, I am a have your cake and eat it too when you can. So I want to see if those two seconds will get me an injured Jameson Williams right now. And if I need to add a future third or something to that, or if I need to end to get, or if I need to add again another kind of like end of the bench uh, churn guy or a long shot rookie, maybe it's uh, maybe maybe it's Isaiah Likely because everybody is on that bandwagon right now. So here's two seconds and the next coming of Mark Andrews or the next coming of uh, I forget who people have been copying him to, like an Evan Ingram or something like that. But um, I I want Deontay if I'm a contender, and I want to see what does it take for those two seconds to get me to Jameson Williams. Um, I think he's the more realistic of the two, but that's also, like you said before, Josh, know your league. So if, you know, a lot of people get stuck on what they, uh, what draft pick they used for the rookie. So if, if Drake London was the one Oh two or one Oh three in your rookie draft this past year, two seconds probably doesn't get there. But if you're like Tyler and he's your guy and you are really excited about him, then, you know, don't tell me you wouldn't have, paid the 201 and the 202 to get to the 102 or 103 this year you know add a little something on it for me personally i want to know what you need for jameson williams so keep keep deontay i would shoot the offer over 223 seconds i mean we're talking 23 class right come on guys this is this is the class to end all classes so that's got to get me to jameson williams and if it doesn't and somebody says no i need a little bit more great let's figure out what that little bit more is and I will take Deontay and Williams to uh, the promised land this year. So that's, that's, that's my take on that. 
As it is, I would still take Deontay in the 23 seconds because I want that flexibility like Tyler was talking about with an established player. So this is the this is the best part about when we have guests on, uh, when we have one person go one way and one person go the other way. There's always somebody to, to split the tie, so to speak. And uh, I'll, I'll give you a little backstory here, Tyler. Uh, Drew is very weary of ever – betting against Deontay Johnson because last year we made it we made a Steelers wide receiver bet he mm-hmm. bet against uh Deontay Johnson who has been a darling of this show since pretty much the beginning of this show uh, I think it was episode four or five that we started talking about Deontay Johnson and how much we liked them so 140 so or so episodes later we're still talking about him um but I was the person who actually went with Deontay Johnson last year, and I'm going to go with him again here. Uh, Give me Deontay. Give me the 23 thirds – or, excuse me, the 23 seconds. Um, Deontay Johnson is is so damn good. Um, I I, Listen, for all these people that are like, what about the quarterbacks? If you're telling me that a Mitchie Trubbs and Kenny Pickett can't combine to be – what Ben Roethlisberger was last year, then you were a lot lower on that combination of quarterbacks than I am. I think they can at least equal what Ben Roethlisberger did last year. And when those quarterbacks uh, get the ball in their hand from the center, they're going to look around and they're going to go, yeah, Deontay Johnson, uh, he's open and he's good. So that's where I'm going to go. So, I like that. I I also like Drew bringing up the fact that, you know, maybe you try to use the 23 seconds to get Jameson Williams or something like that. But those those 23 seconds don't have to be picked that you make. They can be packaged uh, together or along with other items that you have on your team to, you know, get yourself another wide receiver if you need it or, you know, pair them together you know this is super flex you get a quarterback or two that go down all right cool we're moving on and we're gonna we're gonna snag uh we're gonna snag a a quarterback to get us through for the rest of the season so um I feel like you got a lot of flexibility there and especially being contender uh not having Jameson Williams to week eight or nine and that's when he's coming back that doesn't mean that's when he's all systems go that's uh that's a lot to miss out of that piece, unless you're telling me you're relying on uh, J-Mo to be wide receiver three or four on your team because you're you're stacked at the position. Uh, so, yeah, give me Deontay Johnson. Uh, give me the picks. But I'm with you, Tyler. I love Jameson Williams. Love, love, love. And, I mean, people are going to – People are going to be able to tempt me in some trades <laughs> to to get me some Jameson Williams after they hear this, but uh, it's I, I I'm with you. I think uh, without the injury, I think he's a for sure lock as a top ten pick. There's not even a question about it. And the Lions moved up to what they moved up to twelve, I think, to to grab him. So he wasn't even that far yeah. out. Yeah, something in that area. Um, so they 
they liked him with the injury as almost a top 10 pick. So that, that just shows how talented uh, he is. Uh, so here, let, here's another one in the chat. I'm, I'm liking this uh, from our man, Jesse shot speaking of speaking. I think of which uh, what we are speaking of, what would you pay for running backs? Would you pay a 23rd for zones? And then obviously uh, we get the clarification that that is Aaron Jones. So guys, are, are you paying a 23 first for Jones? I'll actually go first in this one. I don't think I am. Listen, I, I like Aaron Jones. I really do. But I think we're going to see a lot more uh, two wide receiver or excuse me, two running back sets going on because of the fact that the the wide receiver room is still a little unclear. Um, listen, Romeo Dubs has been lighting it up, as I mentioned earlier in this uh, in this preseason. And. That's fine and dandy. Uh, they drafted Christian Watson in the second, but he's now just returning to practice. They got Sammy Watkins. They got Randall Cobbs. It's a lot of question marks, though. So I think you're going to see a lot of Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon out at the same time. I think that twenty up uh, that twenty three first can get you something better than Jones. Let's remember these picks, man. They're uh, they're they're worth their weight in gold. So. I think you can tempt somebody with an older running back, uh, maybe that is uh, not contending, uh, and say, "Hey, you know, you uh, you're not contending. You got this, Aaron Jones, you know, or not Aaron Jones, but uh, you know, some slightly better, and and grab it like that." Uh, what do you think, Drew? How do you feel about a 23 first for Aaron Jones? Yeah, not yet, not yet. If you're getting to uh, week eight, nine, ten, and you're really feeling good about it, and he's what's going to put you over the top, maybe you have an injury at the position or something, then uh, go for it. But it's too early to throw that 23 first round unless, again, your roster is just stacked top to bottom, in which case, what do you need Aaron Jones for? That's a good point. Um, yeah, I, I probably wouldn't give up the first. Um, starting in Dynasty Leagues, I kind of did the opposite approach and moving a lot of picks for players and trying to win now and get, get that, get that win and championship and all that. And it's led to a lot of tilting and problems. And I fixed most of those. Now, most of the teams with those issues have been kind of restructured, but it took a lot more hours to fix them than it did to mess them up. So, um, you have to be wary about throwing those picks around. Uh, how I, what I will say, however, if you have a solid team and you're looking for um, a, a good running back, I think Aaron Jones could be a top five running back this year. Uh, maybe, maybe you take one of your later round rookie running backs, maybe somebody like a Brian Robinson and like a second, and like, or somebody like an Isaiah Pacheco in a second, and you kind of throw that at somebody and you're like, hey. I want Aaron Jones, not really willing to throw the first, but like, let's kind of work on something mm -hmm. here. It's, I love Aaron Jones. As you said, their wide receiving room is not very um, set right now. They're going to run a lot of two RB sets. Uh, both of them should be able to catch at least 40 passes. Aaron Jones, Aaron Jones actually performs better when AJ Dillon is on the field as well. 
um, which is a weird stat, but it's true because of the, their efficiency ratings. Um, love them both. Uh, I'm a little higher on Dylan because I think he's like a Nick Chubb who's also being able to be used in a pass game because sneaky good receiver and a lot of utilization. You can get him four or five rounds later than Jones in most cases as well. I like it. I like it. I think we got time for, for one more. So uh, let's hit this one here from Tommy Blair at FF Tommy B. Uh, Kenny Pickett and Tua seem to be in similar situations with talent around them. Who is valued higher after week 17 this is a very interesting question. I almost feel like Drew should be disqualified due to his undying love for Tua. Uh, so, so Tyler, why don't you hit us up first on this one? Uh, who do you think is going to be valued higher after, uh, after week 17, or I should say probably after week 18. It's actually interesting because this is coming from a Pats fan and a Bills fan. So you're kind of getting the AFC East perspective of Tua here. Um, I was real high on Tua when he came out of the school. I was, I was actually higher on him than Herbert. I'll say it. Not going to be one of the guys who was like, oh, no, I had Herbert higher. I didn't. Was it to a guy? Um, He's going to prove something to me, man. He's got literally everything that he needs surrounding him. Offensive head coach. um, Passing game that's uh, conducive to a quarterback. Extremely fast and insanely good weapons all over the field. Running backs galore. They brought in Taron Armistead. They got their offensive line kind of in check. He has literally everything that he needs to to step up this year. That being said, still going to take Kenny Pickett. I, I, I just – I don't know, man. I don't know, man. I don't think he has it. I think he's a good quarterback, but he, he just – he hasn't shown me enough. And I've watched a lot of his game because I – again – Ben, ben high on Tua. I, I really like it when I'm high on a dude in college and they work out in the pros. <laughs> Invested. And it's it. I got to. This is the year. This is the year he's got to show it. And he could, but I, I just think Pickett is the. I don't know. I haven't seen any game time action from him, but I, I'm going to take what I don't know as from what I've seen from Tua. If that makes sense. All right. Drew, tell us why this is Tua. <laughs> uh, I I don't really know here. I, if anything, I think Kenny Pickett's got a, a, a better situation when you look at a, a Hall of Fame coach. Uh, you've got Najee, who is you know top three running back in most people's eyes, take pressure off there. You've got uh, Pat Fryermuth, who I think a lot of people would probably say he and Gesicki are are interchangeable in terms of value, totally different skill sets. Um, you know, Fryer was probably the more complete tight end, but then you have Deontay Claypool, you have Pickens who everybody loves, right? So they've got weapons there. Calvin Austin, the third, um, you know, and it's two different, uh, situations too, but you know, the, the defense for Pittsburgh is typically stronger. So they may not demand as much from, Kenny Pickett this year, assuming he gets to start a good number of games. I know Josh has feelings about that in terms of how many he'll start. Um, so if he really only starts, you know, if he starts fewer than half the games and Tua gets a whole season and is, uh, you know, maybe he's 
got the the Dolphins in a position to contend for the playoffs, you know, wild card spot after the Bills are in and win the division, then uh, it, it could be Tua. But I think it's two different sets of expectations on both these guys. Um, I think Kenny Pickett probably has a better chance to meet or exceed those expectations. Like Tyler is saying, there's a lot of people that are, are saying this is the prove it year. Uh, Pickett's going to have more than whatever he plays this year to prove it. So um, I think there will be a better chance that when it comes to week 18, 19, or once we get past the point scoring part of the season, a lot of calculators will probably have Kenny Pickett valued higher. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what the gap is, though, at that point. Well, Drew, with the with the upset going with with Pickett over Tua, I think Pickett is in a great situation. He is not going to be expected to start the season. Um, Mike Tomlin always seems to find a way to win games, even when he shouldn't. And I think Mike Tomlin is going to uh, ride the veteran knowing that the rookie probably needs a little seasoning, needs some more practices. I think Mitch is going to start more games, not because he's better for fantasy, but because he's better for real NFL football. And that's, you know, Mike Tomlin is one of those coaches. He don't care about your fantasy team. Um, And that works out perfectly for Kenny Pickett in this situation, because if he starts the last month of the season or he starts the last six games or whatever the case may be, we're gonna go. Oh man, they they groomed him. He he got so he got to play in some NFL games. This is this is great. It's it's all it's all up from here. And I don't like a team that needs to put out constant hype pieces about their starting quarterback. Tyreek Hill, anytime someone puts a microphone in front of his face, needs to remind us that. Tua throws the most accurate catchable ball that he's ever been thrown. Uh, The first time it was funny and it was just, you know, you thought, ah, it's just Tyreek, you know, being Tyreek. But now it's just kind of like, all right, dude, like I I think you're, I think you're trying to to sell us on something that's not really there. And you you hear the same thing from, from the head coach. Oh, he's, you know, there was the best ball I've ever seen in my life. And I don't know if you guys have seen that clip where he's, uh, having an interview with Dan Lebertard and he like the machine pauses for a minute and he just stares out in the space and he goes, I just thought about any, every pass I've ever seen. And then Tua throws the best one. And I'm like, uh, okay, guy, like I, I, I've seen, you know, maybe not as much football as an NFL head coach. I've seen enough football to know that Tua does not throw the best ball that's ever been thrown. So it, it seems to me almost like they're trying to hype him up to be, Come the guy, even though he's already the guy, that scares me a little bit. Give me Kenny Pickett. Let's do this thing. And I think Kenny Pickett will be valued higher. But that's it. That's the end of the show. Tyler, I want to thank you very much for coming on. I appreciate it. Uh, you are a smart dude. Uh, love the writing that you do for the Gillette Gazette. I know we were on a, uh, a primetime mock episode together uh, about a month ago. So on the way out, uh, what do you uh, just remind everybody who you are, where they can find you, and what you're up to? Uh, yeah, uh, you can follow me at Lamb4752. You can uh, follow Stadium Rant at Stadium Rant HQ. And um, when you're on Spotify, go check out the NFL podcasts on Stadium Rant. 
uh, give that a, a follow. We are in the process of creating a whole network for all 32 teams uh, with all of our writers and there's going to be crossovers. We're going to have writers uh, joining other pods. We're going to bring in other affiliates. Hopefully uh, maybe someday you guys could come on. I know drew, you could probably come on talk bills with our bills podcast. People they'd very much do that. Um, we're just we're we're in the business of talking w- with anybody about sports and just really w- like that's what we want to do. So give me a follow. You want to come work for us? Give me sh- uh, shoot me a DM. I can send you the link. And uh, I am also the head of recruiting, so probably get processed pretty soon if you do DM me. So and, Love that. and just to remind everybody, uh, Tyler, your Twitter handle. It oh, excuse me. Let's try that again. Twitter handle is at lamb four seven five two uh so if you're interested in any of that or you just want to follow a smart person uh there's the handle thank you to everybody in the chat love the chats a lot of great questions uh thank you remember if you're doing the chat thing subscribe like leave a comment share the video whatever you have to do to all of our podcast people, appreciate you guys too. You know, over an hour, you could be doing anything else, but you decided to listen to us. And Drew, on that note, we are out of here. Late. Late.